0: Now, I want to um, carry on our, our theme through the second letter that Paul wrote to Corinth. This is our Summer Sundays theme. And uh, as I looked at today's passage for us, uh, a thought came to mind that in my experience, and I don't know if this is yours as well, but there are many times when you have to wear a badge. You have to bear a name label. You have to show a card. Or you have to wear a lanyard round your neck. Uh, Firstly, to say who you are. And secondly, I think also to say kind of why you're there. Who are you there for? Uh, who are you representing uh, by being at this occasion? And uh, as you can see, there's a few of the badges I've had to bear over my lifetime. So look at the bottom right hand corner, um, where whenever I used to used to wear that badge quite some time ago. Of course, people could see that my name was Derek Powell, but they could also see that I worked for. The Royal Bank of Scotland. Um, Sometimes bankers aren't popular, uh, so I don't really boast about that in any shape or form. (laughs) Um, But it kind of says I'm here as a representative of the Royal Bank of Scotland and that makes me think because I have to consider what should my language be like, what should my behaviour be like as a representative of the Royal Bank of Scotland in this place at this time right now as I wear this badge and it makes us all think. So yes, uh, I, I had to uh, wear a badge or, or have a card when I was a governor at the local school just up the road. In fact, we used to meet there as a church up a Hallfield. I think, Julia, you might remember when we were there. We're now at Orchard School, although over the summer we're here at Ebbey. Um And also a Bristol City Council badge, which came because I was a governor in a local school, and that gave me access to the um, what used to be the Council House uh, City Hall as is now. And the reason I'm saying all of this is to ask you this question Do you realize that as Christians, we're not just portraying ourselves as a follower of Jesus, we're actually representing Jesus here on earth, wherever we are. Did you realize that? It's a bit of a sobering thought, but let's unpack that for today. Um, I'm reading from the fifth chapter of 2 Corinthians. Um, So 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 11. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others what we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. You do get a sense of Paul writing a personal letter here, don't you? To the Christians who were at Corinth, but so much here is relevant to you and to me. And we're using this as a basis of teaching. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than in what is in the heart." If we are out of our mind, it is for the sake of God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And that's where we'll stop. This is the passage for today. You may not know Mena Rawlings, but she is the British ambassador to France. And as ambassador, she has the responsibility and the authority to live and work in France. And yet, as part of her role, her job, why she's there, to represent Britain, effectively. And that's interesting because we read that very word here. We are... Not in this case, representatives or ambassadors for Britain. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. So here we are as Christians, and I'm making a big assumption here. Let me just say I fully accept that some here, you might not count yourself a Christian. You might feel, I can't have this faith that you have. Well, Just listen in, because this is really good stuff, it's really interesting stuff, and we're just glad you're here with us. But if you count yourself a Christian, a follower of Jesus here today, then on one hand, we are citizens of the kingdom of God, and yet we are living on planet Earth. And to be precise for us right now, Bristol, although Maybe some here are from other places, of course. And we have the responsibility and the authority to represent Jesus wherever we are. In church, on the streets, at work, at home, wherever we are. And this is difficult because I'm asking this question more of myself than of you, to be honest. Because as people look at us, what do they see of Jesus? You know, this even came up yesterday in the car. We were, we actually went up to Avebury yesterday. Beautiful place where all the stone circles are. And uh, I think, I can't remember what happened. I think I'd got impatient on the road or something and and Angela just whispers in her lovely gentle loving sort of way the sort of thing what would people see of Jesus in you right now and it's a little bit of a wake-up call it's a little bit of a reminder and yet here's the question in my talk for goodness sake Um, when people look at me what do they see of Jesus if I'm representing him If I am an ambassador for Jesus Christ, what do they learn about the kingdom of God by watching me and by watching us? Now, that's a hard question because that's when suddenly we feel a little bit sheepish, a little bit guilty maybe. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. Because the title for today is twofold. It's representing that sense of we are representing Jesus. But it's also about reconciliation. This is two themes in this little passage we have. And here we have, not only are we Christ's ambassadors, but it's as if God is making his appeal to other people through us. That's the sense of being an ambassador. And you get the sense of this verse, that God is going to use you and me To bring his message of reconciliation, his good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ to other people. They're going to hear it through you and me. They're going to see it in us. And that's the point. Others are going to learn who Jesus is when they see us. Again, we can be a little bit sheepish about that and think, oh my word. If people are watching me and expecting to see Jesus, (sighs) oh... Hmm, let's uh, come back to that. Since then, this is verse 11, we know what it is to fear the Lord. That's not to be afraid of God. That, 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 that's that sense of respect and reverence and serving God. It's, it's a love relationship, not one of being fearful. But since we know what it is to fear the Lord, we try to persuade others. It's kind of, they're black and white, isn't it? it? It's a little bit of a job for you and me as Christians is to try and persuade others to see Jesus, to know who Jesus is, to follow Jesus. Can we force them? No. Is it our decision to make for them? No. It's their choice, their decision. But we are there to appeal to them to try to persuade them. We might not like that language, but it's, it's just here in that sense of kind of Family, who I'm desperate to come to know Jesus for themselves. So it's stupid to react, isn't it? But but there's that sense that I want to appeal to them. I want to try and persuade them, and some of them are like rock; they will not listen. They will not hear, and you know they're making their life decision, and it breaks my heart. But I know the job is still there to be done, and we're all there with our family and our friends, our neighbours, our work colleagues, trying to persuade them, representing Jesus, appealing to them, God appealing to them through us, and it breaks our heart. I know it does. But we've got to keep on going and encourage one another in it. We really do. Isn't it interesting that last week, Bex, when she was speaking from this place last Sunday, she said this, we are vessels of his message. We are. We carry the gospel message, the message of reconciliation within us. And the appeal that God wants to make to others through you and me is a great one. I mean, it is good news. The the message we bear and that we share with others is good news. It's a message of reconciliation. And the ministry is one of reconciliation. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Have you heard that? Not counting people's sins against them. This is a message of reconciliation, which includes forgiveness and a brand new life, eternal life. And he has committed to us. This message of reconciliation. Here's a story for you. Not too far from where I live, there's a sign, Joe says, as he begins the the story. And it says, please do not drink and drive. And then there's a smaller sign underneath that reads, in honour of Amy Wall. Amy Wall was a young lady that I killed in 1992, while driving drunk on the road. And then unpacks the story. It's one of prison, remorse, finding God in prison, being released from prison, joining a local church, and meeting the family of the girl he killed. And Joe explains... God put some people in my life who made me understand what reconciliation was and what forgiveness was. I had long wanted to say, I'm really sorry for what I've done and I hope that someday you can forgive me. In fact, there was a lot of restorative engagement between Joe and the family leading to this conclusion. Amy's father approached Joe, hugged him and said... I love you, Joe. I killed his daughter, Joe says, and he was able to give me a hug and say, I love you. And that is a true testament to the miracle of reconciliation and why Christ died on the cross. You see, a message and a ministry of reconciliation is so wonderful. What does it look like? while well, we receive forgiveness. God will not count our sins against us. We're restored into relationship with God and we can call him Father. We've returned home to the Father's house and we're heaven bound. It's a great message. It's a great ministry because we've experienced it ourselves. Can you see why we should be now ambassadors for Christ? Letting God make his appeal through you and through me. And seeking to reach others with this message of reconciliation. But there's more to it than that, of course. You see, it's not just that God is going to use us to communicate his gospel to others, his message of reconciliation. As ambassadors... I believe in representing Jesus Christ, we have to have the very culture of the kingdom of God in us. And it should be obvious to anyone who meets us, there's something different about you, about your attitude, about your view of life and the world. There's something different about how you act towards other people. And it's kingdom culture they're seeing through what we do and how we behave and how we speak. You see, from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once, yes, we once regarded even Christ in this way, we do so no longer. We no longer have a worldly point of view. We no longer buy into a world culture that today speaks of so many negative, destructive things. We have adopted a new culture and it's the culture of the kingdom of God. So when we represent Jesus, it's not just about speaking about him to others. It's our lives speaking as well. It's people seeing and hearing. So we consider other people from a motivation of God's love. It's an attitude of kindness. It's a perspective of generosity. So there's that. It's it's not just we bear and communicate a message of reconciliation. We've adopted a new culture. It's the culture of the kingdom of God but there's even more. You see, our lives should no longer be for self. We've taken self from off the center of our lives and we've placed King Jesus on the throne of our lives. You see, he died for all. So that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So it's no longer self in control. It's no longer self on the throne. It's no longer self that motivates. It's no longer this world is all about me. And what's important is what I want. It's not that anymore. It's about self-sacrifice to serve Jesus, to follow him. Oh, I love it when we have light topics in the summer Sundays that we have. Because I feel as though I've added upon my heart again, I knew it really, this what looks like a bit of a burden really, a bit of a big ask, isn't it? And I've, I've kind of conveyed it to you as well, and maybe you're thinking, thanks Derek, you, you, you said one thing and another another, and I'm, I'm feeling the weight of it a little bit, the weight of responsibility here, and really what it means to be a Christian. And there does appear to be a lot involved. One, to communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ, the message of reconciliation, laying aside our own agenda. Secondly, to adopt kingdom culture, and that's often in opposition to the culture that's around us. And thirdly, to live for Jesus, sacrificing self. And I know that all of this is really sobering. It might feel like this is too great a responsibility. We might feel there's a pressure now of expectation upon us, and it can be daunting. I mean... (sighs) Do you sometimes feel like that? That it, like, it's, it's, it's a big, big-ass God that you're making of me now. And all I thought was I came to you for forgiveness. <laughs> it's too much, isn't it? That's why I wanted to finish by reminding us of a few things here. You see, having received Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior, we have been made new. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. So there is a sense we don't have to keep trying hard to be the Christian, to be the new creation. We are a new creation. Our, our identification is in Jesus Christ and uh, our confidence is in Him. We are a new creation. Sometimes we try and be when sometimes we've just got to accept that God has already made a difference and changed us. We are a new creation. So let's just accept that as a truth. Secondly, the power is not from self. It's not a power that we have to generate from inside. The power comes through the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit. We can call upon him for the strength. We can call upon him for the power. And we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. So there's a sense of maybe not, oh, it feels easier, but we just feel the flow of the spirit in us as we meet with our friends and our family, as we share Christ with them, as we try and live lives that, you know, and so that we do try and live lives and, and we have to put effort into it. It has to have a focus and, and a commitment. But then the power, it all comes to us and it's not self-generated. It's from God himself, his Holy Spirit. That's the second help. The third help is that we have the strongest of all motivations, the very love of Christ. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. So we, we've got a new motivation and it's the, it's the love of Christ that motivates us. I think that's two way. It's the, it's the love of Jesus Christ. It's his love in us and it's our love for him. I think it's both. And that's the motivation. And it's the love of Christ that makes us do what we do and, and be who we are. So that's a third help, the motivation. But fourthly, I want to refer you again to last week when Bex was talking to us. Because she brought us that little verse from the previous chapter, chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. So yes, we are like jars of clay. We're fragile. We're broken. Isn't that interesting what Andrea said? Pottery. That is broken, but mended. The scars are visible, but the scars are made beautiful with the addition of gold. And I think that's something of God. And, and I love that. What a wonderful connection there. But we are jars of clay, broken, mended, scars, fragile. Maybe we feel weak and we feel this is too much, too much. I'm just a jar of clay. And then we remember But inside this jar of clay, there is treasure. And there is the power of the Holy Spirit of God helping me. So, if representing Jesus seems too much, too big an ass, way beyond our ability, then let's remember this God is not a hard taskmaster checking our lives against a checklist. He's not. He's kind, he's good, he's loving, he's patient and he gives us his spirit. He helps us and I think there's a beautiful gentleness of God. He wants us to represent his son Jesus as ambassadors. He wants to make his appeal to the world through us. But he knows we're weak. He knows we're fragile. He knows there are times when it just doesn't work out because we're in difficult circumstances. He'll never, he'll never crush us. He'll never break that bruised reed. He's not a taskmaster. He's loving, he's kind, he's patient, he's gentle. And that's when I realize, ah, now I see. What was the invitation Jesus gave us? Come to me. Take my yoke upon you. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. And if my talk has made the yoke, the burden seem too much, too heavy then I think we need to remind ourselves that Jesus says, don't, don't look at it like that. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. I'm going to walk this with you. I'll give you the strength. I'll give you the power. I'll give you the ability. I'll give you the words. I'll give you the opportunities. Just rest in me. Rest in me. I'll do so much through you. It's not you making an effort all the time, all on your own. It's not like that at all. May God help us to be representatives of his son. May we be good ambassadors for Jesus Christ. May we bear the message of reconciliation. And may we find rest for ourselves living as Christians, serving God, following Jesus representing him. It seems a little bit of a dilemma. It seems a big ask, but then we realize it kind of isn't because God does far more than we ever realize in life to make us the people that we should be and that we can be and that he wants us to be. So my prayer for every single one of you is that God will bless you as ambassadors for Jesus Christ in your place where you work live, rest and play. And may that be the case for all of us. God bless you.